All right. Well, everybody, welcome back to a bonus interview episode of the Inking yeah. Out Loud podcast. Uh, I am your host, Drew McCaffrey, and with me, of course, Rob Santos. Yep, still here. And our guest today, Matthew Woodring Stover. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Always a pleasure. Yeah, so we're just going to do a, a short interview here. Um, the the main, the main uh, um, what do you call it? The main course for, for this whole thing was our Lies of Locke Lamar episode, so check that out if you haven't listened to it yet. But just to start off, uh, we talked a little bit on the Lies episode about the Grim Dark tag, and uh, it, I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Kane in specific being called Grim Dark. Do you feel like that's a an appropriate tag for it, or do you think it falls more in the realm of like some of those predecessors, like the Black Company or Thomas Covenant? Well, um, I will say that uh, the first. Chronicles of Thomas Covenant was uh, highly influential in just my writing career generally, uh, largely because that was the first time I realized you could write heroic fantasy for grownups, <laughs> which, you know, I, I was I was accustomed to heroic fantasy being obsessed with what are now basically YA themes. And, sure. but uh, Steve Donaldson was that's that's definitely not that is you know that is um <laughs> that is at least a tv 14 if not a hard r yeah uh, i mean having your your protagonist rape an innocent girl rape an about innocent girl yeah yeah early on i was like i was like wow that's that's really harsh and and of course the books were you know were and are legendary and mm -hmm. i thought i thought wow well you know if he can do that maybe I could get away with doing the kind of stories that I like. Um, as far as, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't read that much uh, of the actual grimdark stuff. Sure. I mean, I read, I read Mark Lawrence's first trilogy, the um, what's his name? Jorg. Uh, yeah. And Prince of thorns. Prince of thorns. Um, yeah. Those I read those. Yeah. I read uh, Abercrombie's first trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I'm not familiar with sort of the source material that, you know, the Warcraft or Warhammer. Oh yeah. Warhammer where, where the yeah. grimdark actually, the, the word actually comes from. Right. They were talking about the, the, the fiction associated with Warhammer, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly. Um, I'm not sure that it really applies to the acts of Cain. It certainly applies to Cain himself. <laughs> Um, Kane himself is as, as he is not, a, not, um, afraid to, uh, characterize himself as a homicidal sociopath with serious anger issues, but also the guy who plays Kane is not a sociopath. So there, right. so it's not just, I mean, the, the book's the books are extremely violent. Um, Heroes die probably more so than, than any of the others, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I guess my, um, my personal conviction um, on the subject is it, on the grimdark subject is that yes, people are often shitty and 
generally, generally speaking, the second law of thermodynamics always applies, which is to say that things, things break down, shit falls apart. Yeah. But at least my intention in the acts of Cain was writing about the way different people deal with things falling apart and how they still find things that are worth trying to do and worth hoping for. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Um, and yeah. And so in Blade of Taishal, you had a line that's always really resonated with me, um, kind of mirrors some things I learned during my undergrad writing courses back in the day. Um, but in, in typically Kane fashion, of course, it cuts straight to the point. You said at its best fantasy reveals truths that cannot be shown any other way. Uh, have you been reading anything new um, that has stood out as particularly good at this? Um, the only the only fantasy book I've read lately that I that I would definitely apply that phrasing to is uh, is uprooted. Uh, Novik, which mm-hmm. I just thought was a beautiful novel. That's yeah, a really, gorgeous really good piece of writing. And it has, it has, um, she manages to create a psychological, um, psychological realism in the midst of, of, uh, you know, really kind of fantastic magical action. And, uh, I, I just think that's, I think that's awesome. You know, um, when I was in college, uh, I studied writing with uh, a guy who was uh, one of my instructors, was a big fan of John Gardner, and kind of introduced me to his fiction. And I read his book, The Art of Fiction, and Gardner said that um, fiction at its best is a specialized form of um, philosophy that what it's really about is the truths of human nature as applied to hypothetical situations. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's my goal. I think actually, I think that's Scott's goal. Um, At least it's, it's, it's in the back of our mind um, Mm -hmm. that no matter how weird um, outrageous things get, we want our people to react to it in a way that is, that a, um, a way that someone you know with their background plausibly would in if it if there were such a thing as as this stuff happening in real life, yeah, I'd like to think that people would would uh, interact with this these events more or less the way I uh, I describe. Yeah, I, I certainly could see were uh, Overlord and the Winston transfer to ever become a thing. I could absolutely see the studios <laughs> right. popping up and, and existing more or less the way they do in the Acts of Cain. I mean, yeah. uh, we already have... Capitalism is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> one, one of the, one of the um, most uh, trenchant for me, um, single lines of, of uh, social philosophy I've ever come across, I can't even remember where I got it, but uh, this person said that um, the secret to capitalism's success 
is its ability to reform itself. Now, when it is not under pressure to reform itself, you get things like the studio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that, you know, unrestrained capitalism, not for me. Um, Generally speaking, I support it because with appropriate guidelines and controls, it's awesome. It's given us our modern world. But, uh, but yeah, unrestrained capitalism, eh, the pursuit of profit above, <laughs> not so great. above <laughs> on both counts. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I, I read through a few of your past interviews and I saw you said you generally go through a bunch of different titles, uh, before you kind of arrive at the final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, have there, have there been any titles you had to leave on the floor? that you All really wish you could have used. Oh, wish I could have used. I, I wanted Heroes Die to be called um, Act of Violence. Okay. Makes sense. Um, that was its working title. And, you know, it's the first book of the Acts of Cain. And there's, you know, so mm-hmm. it, and it, it, it was at the time um, a uh, outrageously violent novel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you toned it down. <laughs> uh, well, no, yeah. I mean, I'm also saying that the, the genre has oh, moved more toward graphic violence for 1997. Yes. Uh, yeah, in yeah. the years since <laughs> than it was in the mid 90s. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I wanted I wanted it to be uh, um, active violence was the was the title I wanted. Uh, the uh, my fallback title was the Mark of Cain. Um, oh, okay. Oh, but good biblical tie back there, right? Yeah. Biblical tie back there, uh, because you know, main character is a murderer and all the rest. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Murderer yeah. named Cain. Um, uh, Blade of Taishal was originally called the Blind God, and Ooh, my publisher nice didn't like it because it sounded anti-Christian. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, let's see. Kane Black Knife was always Kane Black Knife. It's my uh, favorite of the four. Yeah. But uh, Kane's Law was actually originally entitled His Father's Fist. See, I love that. I think we talked about that on that episode, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Rob, I don't know where you discovered that. It's in the back. The The first edition oh, of oh, Kane Black Knife says this story is concluded in in uh, his father's fist. Ooh, I'm going to have to go look at my, my book. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I love that title. I yeah, like it too, but the word I got from on high was that it sounded like gay incest porn. What? That was what, that's what I was told. It's like, you can't do that. It's just, Oh man. It you have to wonder how they arrive. signal about what kind of book this is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dark, but it's not that dark. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh man! Wow. Yeah, yeah. We we had a whole point in during uh during Kane's Law when I talked. I was like, oh man, that would have been such a good title, though. I I love everything that it suggests there. But well, yeah. the, the thing is, the thing is, and this is uh, that was the reaction of a friend of mine, uh, Daniel Keys Moran, who, if you've never covered his books on your podcast, you might yeah. uh, you might think about you might think about those. The continuing write that time. down. Um, he said, 
it's a brilliant title if you've already read the book. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, that's okay. fair. And and after all, the function of a title is marketing. Yeah. The function okay, of a fair. title is to get people to pick up your book, right? And mm-hmm. you know, give them some idea, you know, to to induce them to uh, to pick it up and look at it. And uh, so, you know, I and he was, you know, he was right. He was right. It's a great title if you know if you've read the book. If not, yeah, and, eh, not so much. Yeah, it's certainly the first time I heard about it when Rob brought it up. I, I had already read Kane's Law twice, so which which is like the the minimum number of times you need to read that book to start understanding what's yeah. going on in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you something. Um, tell you something about that book is it is deliberately constructed to be difficult to understand. Uh, that's completely I, yeah. that's completely intentional on my part. Yep, and I can. Understand. A lot of that has to do with uh, my enduring affection for the uh, sort of um, uh, aesthetic theories of a comic book artist named uh, Scott McCloud, who wrote a great book on creating comics. Because I'm I'm a huge comic fan, always was. Um. I have, as a matter of fact, the book's right over there. Um, but what he says is that uh, the most important part of a comic page is the gutter. It's the space in between the panels. Because that's the, that's the area that your imagination fills with the action you see the beginning of and end of in neighboring panels. Hmm. Right. So the so the the real trick there, the real trick is to grab people by the imagination and make them think about make 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 the story happen in their heads when you're only showing like this piece and this piece. And so uh, both Kane's Kane Black Knife and Kane's Law were written specifically to force the reader to fill in the gaps and this is incredible to hear because i the the very first scene in kane's law is titled one thin slice of forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that just wow (laughs) blowing through his mind yes absolutely yeah and you know how how well it succeeds that's you know that's your mileage may vary, right? You know, well, some, some you people it works for really well, some people not so much. You've certainly made me think. Uh, every time I read Kane's Law, that first scene, you know, that and this my dream, and and in this my dream, beloved, you know me, and where Kane is crippled, crawling to the top of the mm-hmm. pier of the capex. I don't know if I have spent more time thinking about another scene in any other book, trying to figure out where it fits in and what it means. <laughs> I mean, that was that's especially the, that's the given foundation me, of the that's the foundation of the whole story, right? It, it, as far as I can understand, there it's it's um, what allows Cain to make the rest of the story happen. That's exactly correct. In in my yeah. opinion, um, I I also I don't like I generally don't like commenting directly on events and stuff just because sure I think that. Um, 
I, I really want the reader to decide for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I, when we covered it, I brought up a, an alternative kind of way to look at it um, because the book ends with a prologue. Yes. In, in Kane's law. And I, I said, you know, well, what if this is an epilogue in a, in a reality that unhappened where Kane lost? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I, I will say, let me put it this way. I will say that that is a plausible interpretation. Yeah. All right. That's what, that's what makes the book so much fun is, is, how wild it is there isn't a clear cut this is the story you know it's easy for different people to step into the pages of Kane's Law especially but Kane Blackknife as well and read a different story than somebody else well it, right it is it is literally intended to be different <laughs> for everybody yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because no, like, it's 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 necessary for it to make any sense at all. It, in my opinion anyway. Um my intention in writing it, it was to make it necessary for it to make any sense at all, is you're gonna have to stop and think about how it all fits together. Yes. And and the way you think about that hmm. is going to be inherently it's it's sensitively dependent on who you are. So the story the story as you experience it is going to be fundamentally different from anybody else's version. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, I myself, I've been enjoying a lot more free time, uh, you know, to, to actually read the physical copies of books during the pandemic. But when we first covered Kane's law, <laughs> I was working 70 hours a week as a welder full time, full time and a half. And so the only option I had to actually go through Kane's law the first time was on audiobook. Stefan Rodnicki. So, yeah, yes. Stefan Rudnicki, oh mm -hmm. my god, his Milecoth, his Kane, he is such such a talented voice uh, voice actor and audiobook narrator. But I had the unenviable job of trying to contextualize <laughs> and talk at a somewhat academic level about Kane's law after having only listened to it and only listened to it once. I didn't get the chance to read it until afterwards. And so that was a those are a couple of challenging episodes for it must me there. Must have been entertaining. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I mean. Who brings the intellect? Rob brings the the, the slapstick, you know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I only, I only have uh, like sort of one one and a half more questions um, about kind of short fiction versus novel length works. Do you prefer one or the other? I only write novels. I've written. I think I've published seven or eight short stories. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I can do it. I'm not good at it. It's not my, it's not really my wheelhouse because I okay. like, I like bigger stories. I like stories in which there are a chain of events linked together by, you know, uh, necessary consequences, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> the stories I've written that are any good tend to be snapshots in a larger chain of events. The tenebrous way. Uh, tenebrous way, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, not that's not my favorite among my 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 favorite of my short stories is is actually the the uh, Kane story uh, in the sorrows. In the sorrows, right? Yeah, that's 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 the one that I think I came closest to achieving something that I consider to be a high quality short story. Um, 
and because it's just it's just one thing you know mm-hmm. it's it is just what happens after harry comes in through the window and before yeah. he leaves and that's that's it um, mm-hmm. so i don't do i don't do short stories as a general rule because it's really difficult for me to distill a story, any kind of story that is complex enough to interest me, to distill yeah. it down into one or two or three, you know, really, really sharp scenes. Um, that's that's a lot of freaking work. It's just really hard. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. And yeah. you know, with Stephen yeah. Stephen Donaldson um, described writing a novel as um, choosing a subject and throwing words at it until you figure out what you want to say. And that is uh, as good a descriptor of my actual writing process as, <laughs> as uh, I think I could come up with, except, except that, you know, in addition to throwing words, you have to cut words. Yes. Even, even Blade, which is 300,000 words long. That's a monster of a book. Um, <laughs> I, I, you would not believe how much stuff I cut out of that. Really? Yeah. There's a, there was a lot of shit that I just, that I just cut, you know, a lot of, a lot of words. Uh, almost every scene in that book was originally much longer than the, than wow. the scene that appears in the printed version. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Just thinking about how, how much more difficult it, it would have been to get through, you know, Kane in the pit. <laughs> oh, in the yeah. dungeon. <laughs> With another, you know, ten or fifteen thousand words of him, yeah, just wallowing. Really got to, yeah, I really. <laughs> to, uh, that was um, actually Cain in the pit was was actually not that hard. Cain in the shaft was hard. Oh yeah. Um, what? But hardest of that whole sequence for me, in terms of creating a uh, what I thought would be a compelling story was actually before Kane goes in the pit. Um, uh, when he's in his, he's in the individual cell and, oh. um, cause it's, you know, he's not in immediate danger. It's not, there's nothing he can do to, um, uh, change his situation. Um, until, you know, his old friend comes down to visit him and, and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> So that that kind of stuff, where where my my hero is stuck, um, yeah. it's really really hard for me to write because it just it just bores the crap out of me. Yeah, when when a character doesn't have any agency, right, and the story just stalls, right. But I felt yeah. like it was necessary to at least to, to at least you know sort of name check that you know. It, if I recall correctly, uh, he spends most of the time um, trying to figure out a way to kill himself and um, and uh, hoping that and listening to to Passy uh, lecture people in the pit and hoping that somebody kills her. Yeah. <laughs> still, still one of my all time favorite uh, lines from Kane when he's meeting with um, uh, what's. Uh, the the gangbanger who kind of controls the pit, um, and Kane goes and adder. takes a sip of water. Yeah, Adder, that's right. Yeah, and and 
Kane's like, what is it with all you guys? Uh, like, uh, I think he says like, whatever sharpens your sword, right? Yeah, whatever, yeah. What is it that makes you want to fuck a straight? Right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I remember sitting on the couch reading it, and and my wife was reading the book at the same time, but wasn't as far along as as I was, and she was in the other room, and I just burst out laughing, and she just yells, she's like, "Don't tell me." That's a great moment <laughs> well, of relief tension. And, that the, one. and the actual point of that that line is 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 he goes on to say, you know, Baron was like that. Yeah. But he died. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I, I think he the description is he he showed at her his teeth. He's like yeah. he died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I love it. Uh such a great book. Uh, but Rob, if you have any questions for yourself, uh, fire away. But I, I, think oh, I, 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 I probably would have prepared read. one or two if I had known this is coming, but I've had a lot of fun just listening to you guys go back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you again so much yes. for, for joining oh us. It has for been an alloyed pleasure. This is really, it's really been great. That's, that's so great Fantastic. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that brings us to the end of our, our little interview here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have a chance to talk again in the future. I hope so. Sounds very good. Have a great rest of your day, both of you guys. Thank you so much for a great All right. episode. All right. Sounds good. Bye, Bye everybody. Now.